0: Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to, where are we going to go to? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. The title of my message this morning is called The Principles of Prayer. The Principles of Prayer. This is part one. I'm going to do a three-part series on this Sunday, then we have Resurrection Sunday, so we won't do it then. The Sunday afterwards, which would be the third Sunday of the month, and the fourth Sunday of April, we're going to focus on prayer. My goal in this series is to help you to learn how to pray. I realize that a lot of people don't pray because either they don't know how to pray or they don't have confidence in prayer. But let me tell you this, and these none of this is in my notes. I'm just talking to you from my heart right now. But prayer is a dialogue between two people people, say dialogue. dialogue. That's a communication, die, to between two individuals. So you're talking to God and God's talking back to you. That's what prayer is about. Prayer not, is not about you just chattering and telling God everything that you want like he's Santa Claus and you're trying to read off a Christmas list. Come on, somebody. But prayer is you speaking to him and then him speaking back to your heart. And I'm going to talk to you in one of the prayer points that I'm not covering today, but it's the prayer of intercession. It's one of the principles of prayer. Prayer is when you become a vessel to usher and birth what God desires in the earth, because now he's telling you what he wants you to pray. And then you begin to intercede or stand in the gap and to cry out to him on behalf of those petitions. And when you do that, God begins to answer them because you are praying the heart of God. But I want to hit three principles. Principles of prayer today, and I want to encourage you to pray. Prayer is something where you're engaging God, and God's using you in a powerful way to, uh, to pray His will. I'm going to give you these principles. Let me pray, and then we'll move into this message. Father, right now, in the name of your Son Jesus we come before you god i pray that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding give us eyes to see ears to hear and a heart to perceive what the spirit of the lord is saying that we might turn and be healed. I pray that you will touch your people's hearts, and I pray that you will touch their minds. I pray, Lord, that they will be open and receptive to what you have for them and what you desire to do in them and through them, Lord God. We know, and if we don't know, that what you are going to do in California is going to be birthed through prayer. God, so we pray that we'll become a praying people that we can birth the will, the purposes, and the plans of God here in California. And throughout the earth have your way lord god let the words of god uh let the word be established in the heavens which it is now let it be established in our hearts we bless you we thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of your son jesus christ we pray and all of god's people said amen and amen so let me talk to you about the principles of prayer if you want to be a spiritual person you must first do spiritual things spirituality begets spirituality William Wil- Wil- Wilberforce, the British reformer, politician, and man who was responsible for ending slavery in the British Empire, he made this powerful statement. He said, I suspect that I've been allotting too little time to the spiritual exercise of personal prayer, meditating upon the Lord, and the reading of scripture. He says, As a result of this neglect, my soul has grown lean, cold, and hard. If you want to be a spiritual person, you must do spiritual things. You cannot uh, disengage in spiritual things and expect yourself to be a spiritual person. So, when we talk about prayer, we're talking about a spiritual act. Jesus told his disciples that when they pray, to pray for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. For the believers at Harvest Church to bring the power of heaven down to Northern California, they must first become a people of prayer. I'm going to say that again. For the people of Harvest to bring the glory of heaven down to Northern California, they must first become a people of prayer. Amen. Amen? Now, I'm going to say something uh, uh, right now that's going to hurt some of your feelings, so I don't want you to get offended. It's okay. We'll be friends afterwards. (laughs) We're still BFL, so we're going to be all right. Amen? But prayerless people are powerless people. Prayerless people are powerless people, and prayerless Christians are weak Christians. Hmm. And prayerless ministers are ungodly ministers because they cannot facilitate the will of God if they do not spend time with God. You can't give something that you do not first possess. Amen? I can't give you an enchilada if I don't first have an enchilada. Amen? You may want to feed people all you want, but you can't give them something you do not possess. And if you are a Christian, a believer, a minister, and you're not ushering and cultivating the things of God through prayer, then you cannot give what you do not possess. Today, I want to give you three principles surrounding the area of prayer so that you can go from living an ordinary christian life to living an extraordinary life amen Amen. Amen. i want you to go from the ordinary to extraordinary look at your neighbor say we're going from ordinary to extraordinary (laughs) praise god a lot of the quotes i'm going to use will be from em bounds this is a man of god who wrote many many books on prayer But I want to give you principle number one. The first principle of prayer is the principle of desire. Look at someone next to you say, you must desire to pray. (laughs) Mm. The Bible says, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall what? You shall be filled. So here's the thing. If you do not desire to pray, guess what? You can actually go to God and say, God, give me a desire to pray because I don't feel like praying. I'm going to say that again. I just gave you the master key to unlock a whole bunch of uh, uh, stuff that's been locked up in your life. If you do not desire to pray, you can actually go to God and say, God, give me a desire to pray so that he can give you a, a desire and a longing to pray, amen? He will actually give you a hunger and a thirst for prayer so that you want to pray, and then when you become a person of prayer, you are transformed. There is no one thing that I've done in my life that has brought more transformation to my life as a believer in Christ than the time that I have spent in prayer. When I go in as a regular man, I come out as a man who has been touched by God. Come on. I went in like Clark Kent, and I came out like Superman. Come on, look when you go into prayer it's like going into the to the uh, to the phone booth. you may have gone in burdened and and, and overwhelmed and struggling and, and dealing with difficulties and you came out with victory and triumph and you've overcome whatever it is that you are facing and dealing with because prayer has the power to change you as a person. Yeah. Prayer changes you. You need more, you need prayer more than what you're giving when you go to prayer. Because it's not just you praying to God, but it's who you become as a person of prayer. I'm giving y'all some filet mignon this morning, amen. Come on, and for you vegans, I'm giving you some sauteed asparagus. Come on, this stuff is. <laughs> I got you. You don't need me. I got your back. I got you. Hey, hey, Sister Belle. Come on, saute the asparagus in the house. <laughs> Ian Bounds said this. He said, Desire is not merely a simple wish, but a deep seated raving and the an intense and ongoing for attainment. In the realm of spiritual affairs, it is an essential, essential accompaniment to prayer. It is so important that one might say desire is an absolutely critical part of prayer. Desire goes before prayer and is in, is created and intensified by prayer. So the more you desire, the more you pray, the more you pray, the more you begin to desire. The more you desire, the more you pray, the more you pray, the more you begin to desire. Until it's something that you just do because this burning and this yearning and this churning is on the inside of you saying we got to get into the presence of God because when we go there, supernatural things happen. Prayer is the oral expression of desire. The deeper the desire the stronger the prayer. Without desire, prayer is a meaningless mumble of words. We don't want to just flap our gums and have nothing happen. We want to pray and desire God and desire to go to the place of prayer so that when we go to the place of prayer, it is red hot, it is burning, something's moving in the spirit realm, something's moving in the place of prayer, and God begins to move because his people are praying. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need so he says go into the throne of grace with desire with confidence with boldness with courage we don't go in there saying oh god i don't know if you want me here it says no come in with confidence All of you parents, when your kid really wants something, they go to you confidently making their request and petition of you, amen? (laughs) Mom, I want this toy for Christmas. Little Johnny, you're not getting it. I didn't ask you if I'm going to get it. This is what I want. (laughs) They come in boldly like they got $1,000 in their pocket, and they're so broke, (laughs) Well, guess what? We may be the broke ones, but our daddy owns the cattle on the thousand hills, and he wants us to go in with confidence and boldness and courage, knowing and believing that when we pray, things are going to happen. The Fire Bible commentary says this. We can confidently approach God knowing that our prayers are welcome and desired by our heavenly Father. That meeting place is called the throne of our gracious God because from it flows his favor, love, help, mercy, forgiveness, wisdom, spiritual power, spiritual gifts, and the fruit of the spirit. From that throne of grace flows everything that you need to do everything he's called you to do. From that throne of grace flows everything that you need to do everything he's called you to do. If you're not getting the grace that you need for your assignment, I would say it's not a lack on God's part. It's a lack on your part going into the place of prayer to get what you need. Amen. When I worked in the car dealership, we had a separate department called the parts department. And before any of the mechanics or technicians worked on a a different vehicle, they were always going to the parts department that was always stocked with everything that they needed to fix any vehicle. So you have a spiritual parts department that is stocked with everything you need, but is there a neglect of going to the place, to the counter, and saying, God, I have need of this to do your work and carry out your assignment. God says there's not a lack of supply. There's just a lack of desire. Mm. Psalm 42, 1 and 2 says, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Do you know why some of you go through extreme trials and difficulties? You go through them because that's the only time that God can create and birth desire in you to go into his presence. I can end my sermon right there and walk off. You unmotivated, no desire, no hunger. Don't want to spend time with God. You want to Netflix. You want to scroll Instagram. You want to hang out on Facebook. You want to you want to you want to fellowship and do all of that stuff. No desire. But then crisis hit your life, and all of a sudden this desire rises up in you and say, "Listen, I can't hang out with y'all today. I can't Facebook. I can't Instagram. I can't Netflix today. I gotta go and spend time with God." Matter of fact, I won't sleep because I'm in. Some crisis and I'm going to get a hold of God until I've obtained the relief from my issue or the struggle I'm dealing with. It's not God's preferred method to bring you into a place of struggle to get you to his presence, but he will bring you into a place of struggle to get you into his presence because of a lack of desire. I literally pray and say, God, do not let me get to a place where you have to put crisis in my life to get me before your throne. I say, let me go voluntarily. Let me go on my own volition. Let me go and seek your face so that when crises come, I've already be- been before the face of God and you're already answering, responding before I face difficulties. Hmm. He so desires to spend time with you, he will actually let some stuff kick off in your life to get you to spend time with him. But how about if we just went on our own free will and say, God, I'm just going to go and be with you before anything happens. God, you don't have to, you don't have to send drama, Jesus. I'm just going to go. Amen. Come on, you don't want to smoke. Tell your neighbor, I don't want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I'm just going to go. <laughs> <laughs> principle number two, persistent prayer. Look at your neighbor and say persistent prayer. Yes. This is the second principle of prayer that I'm giving you today. Ian e. Bound says Jesus Christ put the ability to persist in prayer as a primary element of prayer. Therefore, it is one of the main conditions of prayer, persistent prayer. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1 says this. It says, and Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. I'm going to repeat that. That was a powerful scripture. It says, and Jesus showed them, uh, told his disciples this parable to show that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. Can you imagine some 80-year-old woman on the cane rolling up like a gangster? Like, you better give me what I want. <laughs> I'm coming back tomorrow morning. I'll be back for lunch. And before you leave, I'm coming back for you, Judge. Yes. <laughs> And the Lord says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? That's a rhetorical question. He's telling you the answer and asking of the question. He will not put you off. He said, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and do so quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes, will he find the people who will continue to pray and not quit. That's what he's saying. Will they continue to persist in prayer until they see the answer and the response of their prayers? Inbound says the widow who is weak and helpless, she is helplessness personified. She's stripped of every hope and influence that could move an unjust judge. Yet, everybody say yet, Yet she wins her case solely by her tireless and offensive persistence. Persistence removes all obstacles, overcomes every resistant force, and gains its ends in the face of invincible hindrances. All things can be done by persistent prayer. Amen. I need some of you to get to the place to where you keep showing up at the throne room of God and say, God, I am not stopping until you give me what I have cried out to you for. Lord, I'm going to be here for breakfast, lunch, dinner. I'm coming for the after breakfast. I'm coming for late night snacks, Lord. I'm coming for the nightcap. I'm coming for everything, Lord God. Listen, I'm not going to stop until you respond. And I'm telling you, God will not not deny the man or the woman who persists at that level and continues to come before his throne of grace yeah. Lorenzo Scapoli says this the lord gives this parable for a special purpose to teach us not to faint but to pray patiently If an unjust judge was persuaded to grant the widow's petition, how can God fail to incline his ear to our prayers if we persist in imploring him since he is the essence of loving kindness? Amen? It's not that God isn't answering. It's just that you give up too quickly. Mm. It's not that God's not answering. It's just that we got people giving up too quickly before the response has come. Everyone say push. Push. Push Push means pray, P, until you, something, S, happens, H, push. You pray until something happens. I had this young lady who was one of the most unspiritual young people I've ever met in my life. She was from the East Coast, and she used to say, Pastor John, when, when can I stop praying? And I was like, you stop praying when the answer comes. Like, why are you looking for a reason to not pray? I, that's the reason why God doesn't answer you, because you're not even wanting to be in the place of prayer. God is not a sugar daddy that you just go to and get what you want and then say, I'll catch you the next time I have a need. That's not the God we serve. You got to pray until something happens. Mm. And I'm telling you, when you become that type of person, you are changed as you're spending time in the presence of God. (laughs) Jacob spent time with God. He wrestled with God. He was a swindler, a hill grabber, a deceiver. He left that place as Jacob. That's what his name uh, Israel means. One who wrestles with God and prevails He went in a swindler. He left as a prevailer and an overcomer. That's what happens when you spend time with God. I need you to understand that prayer is not this meaningless, wasteful activity. It is a place where you are transformed and changed. Amen? Prayer is where you are transformed and changed. It is impossible. You need to write this in your notes. It is impossible to come into an encounter with God and remain the same. It is impossible to come into an encounter with God and remain the same. You can't do it because if you remain the same, you didn't have an encounter with God. I'm preaching better than y'all responding. (laughs) Principle number three and the final principle for this morning. This is the principle of agreement. This is one of my favorite principles of prayer. David Young Yee Cho, he's the pastor of the largest church in the world. He passed away about a year or two ago. He had over 750,000 people that made up his membership in his congregation in, uh, in Seoul, Korea. He said this, he said, when I pray alone, I can only exercise my faith. Yet when I pray in a group with brothers and sisters in Christ, the power of our faith is increased geometrically. It is increased exponentially. He said, when we come together and pray, there is a geometric expansion of our faith coming in agreement. Matthew 18, 19, and 20 says this again. He said, truly, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. If two or more on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So here's a a powerful statement. When we as the saints come into agreement in the house of God to seek the face of God, then we will see the power of God. When we come together in the house of God to seek the face of God, then we will see the power of God. Whenever I'm praying and I'm not getting individual breakthrough, I will bring my brothers and sisters together and say, come on, let us agree two or three touching and believing because Jesus said that if we ask anything in his name, it shall be done. And he said that if we came together in agreement, he would actually come and show up in our midst. Amen. We need to come together in agreement and prayer, knowing that God is a responder. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Ian yes. e. says prayer is always, in the pla- is always in place in the house of God. When prayer is a stranger there, talking about in the house of God, it ceases to be God's house. Our Lord put particular emphasis on, Upon what the church was supposed to be when he cast the built the buyers and sellers out of the temple. And he said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. Jesus makes prayer more important than everything else in the house of God. Those who sidetrack prayer or seek to minimize it and give it a secondary place. Pervert the church of God and make it something less than it was designed to be. Last night, when I was reading over this, I thought about several churches that were either started when Pastor Liz and I started pastoring in New Orleans 20 years ago and afterwards. And my mind just kept running through pastor after pastor, leader after leader. And I thought of literally seven different churches. And I said, Lord, why are you bringing this to my mind? And the Holy Spirit asked me a question. He said, son, what did all seven of these churches that closed down in the city of New Orleans have in common? Hmm. I said, oof. I said, Lord, none of them had a weekly prayer meeting. He said, Bingo. He said, none of them had a time of corporate prayer and those churches did not survive. He said, what was the difference between you, you and Pastor Liz and House of Prayer in those churches? He said, were you smarter than those people? No. Older? No. At that time, more educated? No. God says, the only difference is you guys stay before me weekly in prayer as a church and what caused their churches to end up closing in the city is what prevented the enemy from shutting you down and kept your building open and your church operational. You think that prayer in the house of God is not important? Mm. I am not foolish enough to believe that we can accomplish all that God has called us to do without corporate prayer but our combined faith will unlock the power of heaven to shake anything that stands in the way of God here on the earth. Hallelujah. With that being said, we are launching our corporate prayer on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. starting this Wednesday, amen. (laughs) When we did our 14 days of glory, We had, on those last two days, we had over 200 people in attendance, and we were crying out for God, for his presence, to shake Harvest Church. I'm going to have the media team play this clip real quick of what was happening on one of the last two days of the 14 days of glory as we pray. Go ahead and play the clip, guys. the wheelchairs of God, the ones in crutches over, God, we'll believe you in the name of Jesus, and they will be healed in, in Jesus' name. 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 In the name of Jesus, we decree and declare healing to come forth. Healing to come forth. If you need a healing in your body while you're in it, claim it right now. Come on. Eat your you in Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. See what happened a day or two after that was in this room. There were hundreds of people that got healed from different sicknesses, disease, and infirmities. What happened is that we had so many people that got saved in the first service that we did not have enough Bibles and books and cards to record how many people that got saved the next service that we had on that Sunday morning. What happens, we had so many people in this building that in the second service that people were walking in and we're like literally didn't have seats. We're asking people like, scoot over, let's see if we can find a, a place to fit people in. See, there was a response from heaven because of what we did here on the earth. There was a response from heaven because we cried out to the living God and said, God, we're not gonna settle for what we have, but we know there's more. Now show us the more. Like it said in Luke, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? When he returns, will he find the people who believe that he is able to do what's in the word of God and they're willing to posture themselves in the place where they cry out to God and say, Lord, come, Lord Jesus, come and do what only you can do. God is not lacking resources in heaven. He's lacking people on the earth that will draw those resources from heaven to the earth to see his response and transform and change things. Amen. Northern California can be saved if the people of Northern California would cry out to God and ask him to move and pour out his spirit. Never indict God when you didn't do your part that you were supposed to do in the equation. If God's not moving, I always say, God, is my fault because I'm not doing something that I'm supposed to do. And as soon as we line up, God begins to move and pour out his spirit. Amen. Amen. I want to ask you to join us on Wednesday night for 6 p.m. One hour, we're going to pray. We're going to seek the face of God. We're going to pursue him. We're going to call out for the salvation of Northern California. I remember the superintendent sitting here on the installation saying, don't leave California. He was making a plea because so many ministers and church people and so many people like we're done. We're tired of what's happening in California. We're moving to the South. We're moving to the East coast. We're moving to the Midwest. I'm telling you, let's stand our ground. Amen. Amen. Let's stand our ground. Let's stand our ground. Let's put the stake in the ground and say enough is enough. It's time for a change, and we're going to do something about it. We're going to call on God, and God's going to move and pour out his spirit. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Prayer is the key that unlocks the power of God. We must seek the face of God through prayer for California to experience a move of God. We don't need to move from California. We need God to move in California. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our Sermon Podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.